Um, <laughs> and mock nuxt async data hooks. Like, like all those like little words that mean nothing. And mock nuxt async data hooks. Today is Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, and you're listening to the official View News. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Doug Wagner. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.vjs.org. If you're looking to learn advanced concepts in Vue, Philip Rakovsky recently posted a list of resources. And what all does he cover? He starts by mentioning our advanced components course on Vue Mastery, Adam Wathen's component design course, and Evan Yu's front-end master's course. All great educational content. He's also listed a bunch of articles, talks, books, and since the post is on GitHub, you're invited to add additional resources with pull requests. Last week, Christy Jora wrote up a bunch of tips for building fast and light Vue.js single-page applications. Even if you're following best practice Vue conventions, there are still a few ways you can make your Vue app slow. Yeah, and Christy has some great recommendations in his article, including avoiding complex logic based on watch, computed, updated, or before update. Those could cause many re-renders of a component, which you might not want. Yeah, he also says to only use Vuex if you need data in more than two non-child parent components. Otherwise, you can keep API calls inside the component. Right. You can also avoid third-party code that adds additional learning curve to your app and also might increase the bundle size your users have to download. You know, the Vue CLI 3 outputs the size of each module, so you can keep an eye on file size there. Also, you should only use transitions or animations with position, scale, rotation, and opacity. Those are optimized for all devices and ensure smooth GPU animation. He mentions a bunch more, but I wanted to call out his recommendation to load data before rendering a component. He encourages the use of the before route enter lifecycle hook to retrieve your data so it's loaded before the page is rendered. But isn't your user going to be waiting longer in that case? Usually view code pulls data from the created or mounted lifecycle hooks, right? Yeah, but Christy argues that it's not perceived as smooth by the user. The page might jump around as data gets loaded and the component gets re-rendered rather than just being there when the page appears. Interesting. As we've mentioned before on the podcast, there are some great new features coming in the new Vue DevTools 5.0. Yeah, I think there's the new routing tab. Yep, which allows you to see the history of your router and your list of routes. And the Vuex tab. This existed before, but now you can update the application state right in DevTools. Yeah, and the performance tab. Where you can see your app's frames per second with a live chart. And you can view a component render tab where you can see time to run stats for components and their lifecycle methods. Yeah, this is perfect for diagnosing slow parts of your view app. If you want to read more about these new features, Brandon Lyons wrote a deep dive on these topics last week. If you haven't started writing tests for your Vue applications and you know who you are, <laughs> Sarah Dryan wrote up a great article this week to get started unit testing. How does she recommend to get started? Well, in the tutorial, she uses Jest, a JavaScript test runner backed by Facebook, and she recommends unit testing components only by testing what you can access from outside the component. Like black box testing, where you only test the input and the output. Yeah, so in a simple component, she only tests the user interactions and props changes. There's lots of ways to include a map in your Vue application. And lots of Vue plugins, which make it simple. Yes, but if you want to customize the map design and write all the mapping code, Mikhail Panachev wrote up a tutorial last weekend showing how to use D3 and D3 Tile to code your own mapping from scratch, along with the ability to zoom and drag the map. 
This week, Anthony Gore asked, is Vue a good choice for large-scale applications? I would think so. What does Anthony say? Well, he obviously loves Vue and thinks it's a good choice, but he mentions three shortcomings. What are those? No template inheritance. If you have hundreds of components, you'll probably want to have base components and then create subcomponents which inherit from them. However, Vue doesn't provide a way for subcomponents to inherit from specifically the template. You could have the subcomponents inherit their data model using a mixin. Yes, you could for that part. Secondly, Anthony mentions Vue's reactivity system works in 99% of situations, but 1% of the time, it can be hard to debug if it's not working the way you want it to. And lastly, Vue testing is immature. It's still in beta, and Anthony ran into a few bugs in the testing framework. Talking about testing big applications, Alberto Gowales wrote up a fantastic article on testing real-world Vue apps, where he dives even deeper into unit testing components. That seems to be a theme this week. <laughs> yeah, we got two great articles on unit testing. Alberto mentions how Cypress is great to use for end-to-end -end testing with Vue, but unit tests are also essential to help us better understand the design of our apps with a faster feedback loop. In his article, he takes the Vue.js Hacker News clone and shows how to test page components, stub the backend API using fake data, stub the view router, test Vuex actions, and mock Nuxt async data hooks. Whoa, that's a lot. And what is he using to test? He's also using Jest and view test utils. If you're trying to use Vuex with TypeScript, there are a few libraries that will give you the decorators and types you need. Like Vuex module decorator and Vuex type safety. However, last week, Sasha Braun decided to create Vuex Simple, which combines these libraries' strong points without losing clarity and simpleness when coding. Check out this library if you're using Vuex with TypeScript. We've mentioned Tidelift on the podcast before. It helps support Vue. It's the service that allows enterprise companies to pay for information on the security, maintenance, and licensing for the open source their projects use. And part of the subscription gets paid out to support the open source projects themselves. Recently, they publicized that they have $1 million committed to pay open source creators. It's great to see open source being supported by the enterprise companies that take advantage of their work. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that rely on their work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the official View News podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest news in the View community. 